Good morning. I am Apostle William B. Corrector, the presiding prelate of Discovered Being Ministry, Incorporated. I would like to welcome you to today's podcast, where we will endeavor to explain this statement, except those days be shortened. Let us go to the throne of grace, Heavenly Father, from whom all blessings flow. We come today, Lord God, asking you to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all our iniquities. Father, we thank you for your only begotten Son that was sent into the world in the likeness of sinful flesh to condemn sin in the flesh. And Father, as we come, we bind every demonic spirit every lying tongue, every backbiter, every whisper, every hater of God. We bind Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, Beal, Susan, sorcerers, witchcraft workers, and all those that come to oppose the work of God. And Father, we ask you to bless your people today through your word as I expound upon what you have given me to tell your people. And now, Father, we ask that you will just continue to establish your covenant with us and remember us, Lord God, as we are here in the flesh. But, Lord, we long to be in the spirit with you. And, Father, we thank you and we praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Except those days be shortened. In his discourse about the end times, Jesus said, and except those days should be shortened, that should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Reference to Matthew chapter 24, verse 22. And except that the Lord has shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. I repeat that again. But for the elect's sake, whom he has chosen, he has shortened the days, referenced in Mark chapter 13, verse 20. What does this mean? Three possible interpretations are, one, the individual days are shortened, two, the tribulation period is shortened, and three, Satan's days are cut short. You may know of others, but we will thus discuss these three. And finally, we will discuss the pre-wrapped variation on this. Of these three interpretations, one of them has other scriptures to support it, one has other scriptures against it, and one has no direct scriptures that I know are either for it or against it. Let's take the last one first. This means that Satan's days are cut short. I know of no direct scriptures on either side. Of course, scriptures contain general principles that may apply here. God's plan will succeed while Satan's plans will fail. God will cut Satan's plans short. Note that Mark's passage put in it the past tense. The cutting short is done, is a done deal. Antichrist has got his 42 months and that's all. Hallelujah, I think I'll say that again. The Antichrist has got his 42 months, and that's all. This is one possible interpretation, and it might be right. Another interpretation has scripture against it. The tribulation period cannot be shortened because the midpoint 
of the tribulation period initiates a precise countdown. The abomination of the, or desolation spoken of by Jesus in Matthew chapter 24 verse 15 and Daniel chapter 9 verse 27 coincides with the revealing of man's man of sin in Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 8 and the fleeing of Israel referenced in Matthew chapter 24 verse 16. Israel finds protection in the wilderness for 1260 days. That's spoken of in Revelation chapter 12, verse 6. And the man of sin has power for 42 months. 42 months times 30 days equals 1260 days. Referenced in Revelation chapter 13, verse 5. Revelation 12, verse 14 defines the 1260 days in terms of years. Compare Daniel chapter 12. Verse 7 with this scripture. Since Revelation, the unsealed books give the time in three different ways days, months, and years so that there would be no doubt about it. And since this threefold emphasis comes after Jesus spoke of the shortening of the days, then we know that the precise countdown still stands. I don't know about you, but I don't think I have the right to nullify all these clear scriptures on the basis of one little obscure statement. The third interpretation has scriptures to support it, shorter days. After all, the passage does say the days are shortened, doesn't it? Some say the tribulations is shortened because the previous verse mentions tribulations. It is proximity is the criteria then days occur in the same verse, in fact, in the same phase. And other scriptures confirm shorter days. Reference, one of those references is Amos chapter 8, verse 9, which says, And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear, in the clear day. We who believe in Noah's flood should have no trouble believing in such global changes such as these, as those described in Isaiah chapter 24, verse 20. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, as referenced in Revelation chapter 8, verse 12. And it says, And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars, so as the third part of them was darkened, the days shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. Have you noticed the paradox? If the day's day is shorter, we should expect the night to be shorter, or longer, excuse me. Is that right? But the night is shorter likewise, shorter days and shorter nights. This Is this not what the verse means, then what does it mean? Would you like to hear an even stranger paradox? And this is one I can't figure out. Why would someone interpret Jesus' shortened days st statement in the way that leaps right over Revelation chapter 8 verse 12, offering no explanation of, of it whatsoever and landing right on top of several clear passages, squashing them out of shape. This mystifies me.
A more recent explanation from the pre-wrath folks retained the 1260 days and the 42 months, but it shortens the time before the rapture. In other words, the rapture occurs sometime during the 1260 days. For them, it solves the problem of harmonizing the scripture. But the more I ponder it, the more the problem appears. First, according to the Jesus statement, the shortening of the days somehow affects the survival of all flesh, not just believers. So how does the shortening the elect's time on earth help out anybody else? The time span must therefore be the same for all. Second of the powers given the Antichrist for 42 months, one of them is to make war with the saints and to overcome them, referenced in Revelation chapter 13, verse 7. No mention of the rapture interrupting that power. Daniel agrees with writings. Daniel agrees writings. When he shall have a compass to scatter the power of the holy people. All these shall, <clears throat> things shall be finished. Reference in Daniel chapter 12, verse 7. Both passages give the Antichrist full power for a, the full time without any abatement. Thirdly, if the 1260 days of the two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11, verse 3, fall into the same period, then we will have a rapture of believers except the two witnesses. Place the shortening days, scriptures on its edge, like a coin on a table. Don't push it one way or the other. Just watch and wait and see which way it falls. What theological framework necessitates passing over one scripture supports also passing over the one scripture that least allows and finally picking up the one that the scripture disallows. It comes from a necessity to fit the unknown day into their time frame. But of that day and hour no man know, not the angels in heaven, but my father, referenced in Matthew chapter 24 verse 36. We all face the question, how can the day be unknown in light of the 1260-day countdown starting from the abomination of the desolation and ending with the return of Christ? Reducing the number of days attempt to solve this problem. But does it really solve anything? All it claims to do is to take away a specific day, but it still leaves a general time. That solution is not strong enough to explain verses like Matthew chapter 24 and 44 and Mark chapter 13 verse 33. Therefore be ye all so ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man coming. Take heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time of season is. With patience and the pieces will fit naturally. We don't need to file down the odd-shaped edges. The context in Matthew 24 itself offers another solution. The solution allows the unknown day its fullest and deepest meaning at the time, same time preserves the 1260-day countdown so that not one jot 
or one tittle of the scripture is destroyed. In Matthew 24, chapter 24, maybe we have the right answers because we haven't asked the right question. Have you asked yourself why Jesus likened the disciples to the flood victims instead of to Noah? Have you asked yourself why he tells the disciples to watch for the opposite reason that the good man, watchman, watches? Answer these questions and then every piece of the puzzle falls into place and every breath of scripture retains its full strength. Sisters and brothers, I'm not going to attempt to try to legitimize or contradict or debate what I have spoken to you. I can add nothing to it and take nothing away from it. Only God knows his time of appearance. As he said in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 through 8, there is a time and a season for every purpose under the heavens. God has his time set for the judgment, for the rapture, for, for all those things that he has spoken by his prophets and in the New Testament and by his apostle John in the book of Revelation. It is expressly done. It is precisely done. It is said with a great shout. And we that have ears to hear what God is saying, we will conform our lives unto his image and his likeness. May God bless you and may God smile upon you and may he give you peace.